Welcome, dance lovers, to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Hello and welcome to Ask a Dancer, the podcast inspiring the next generation of performing artists. My name is Stacey Morgan. I'm the principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts, a dance school on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. And joining me, having Amanda in with me on the chair at the Victorian Dance Festival, is the fabulous international superstar, Catherine McCormick. How are you doing? Good. We're taking a little cutie break. Thank you so much for the Mandarin. This is lovely. Yeah, anytime. I got you. You're here for the Victorian Dance Festival yeah. and we are broadcasting live. Tell us about your involvement with the festival and how it came that you were here on the other side of the world. So I actually, I was, I came to the festival last year when it was in Warrnambool, uh, right outside of the city, and I, I'm not really sure how the connection even came to be. I, I think I'm a part of CLI Studios, which is an online program that I'm a part of in LA, yes. and I'm pretty sure that they kind of connected to me through CLI Studios, and from there, uh, Dance Informal was a big part of reaching out and getting me to come out here, and my husband and I came together, and we got to go to Warrnambool and teach, and then we explored Melbourne a little bit in Sydney as well, Oh wow. and then we left not knowing if that was a one-time thing or what it would be, and then it just so happened they reached out again this year and said, we're in the city, we'd love to have you back, and so Jacob and I came again, we explored Hamilton Island and made a trip out of it, and then from there came here, and now we're doing the festival again, and it's amazing because I got to bring one of my best friends, Sarah Fringenberg, with me uh, to assist, as well as Tate McRae and her mom are here. Her family actually came too, and they got to be with us. So it's really incredible to get to bring friends and artists that are very like-minded and like-hearted. So I feel like when we're teaching together, we kind of, there's a lot more energy that we can give to the space. And so it's been really nice to have my people with me. Awesome. And great to be able to travel Mm -hmm. and see the rest of the world. It's amazing when you get to teach and share what you love and at the same time explore the world. To me, I think traveling is one of the greatest experiences of my life and it teaches me to learn how to love in new ways and be more open-minded and open-hearted and just step outside of the box a little bit of what I know of the places that I've lived in the States and from there I'm able to offer more in my teaching and so it's been such a gift. I'm really, really grateful. That's awesome. Speaking of where you live, tell us about how... Um, where your home is, how dance first influenced you and and how it came into your life and how it's kind of led you to where you are now. Totally. I live in Los Angeles, California, and I've been there. November will be nine years. It's crazy. I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, I grew up, though, on the East Coast, so completely across the state, um, in Augusta, Georgia, with my family. They all still live there. I had no idea what a professional dancer was. I had (laughs) no understanding. I knew one girl who was a rocket, but other than that, I didn't even know what that meant. Uh, My mom was my dance teacher initially. She had a studio, and then she closed that down and I ended up going to a separate like competition school. Okay. So I started training. Um, and they would have loved you. Oh, it Lucked was, you up. <laughs> I started training there and I quit when I was like nine years old. Really? I, I was really shy. I was a really shy kid and I loved dancing but I didn't like people looking at me. It wow. terrified me. I would me. never have picked that. And That's I still, I still actually struggle with that insecurity sometimes of like Inadequacy. I'm not sure where that comes from. No one ever told me I wasn't enough, but inadequacy. And from there, that feeling of like not always liking to be the center of attention, which you probably wouldn't know because as a performer, all the eyes are on you. But I honestly don't love it. I love 
being with people. I love dancing with other people. I'm not a soloist, and I think that's why. I'd yeah. rather just share my energy with other people around me. It's really hard for me. Um, so when I was nine, I quit, and I was just like, I can't do this. There's so much pressure. Wow. And then I took a year off, and then I ended up auditioning for a performing company, a competitive company at that same studio the year after. Okay. And I got in, and so when I was 10 years old, I started going to conventions and competing and performing at festivals and stuff like that. And once I was 18, I knew I wanted to dance, but I didn't know where to go or what to do. And more than anything, I was just in a space of like, how can I be of service to people and where am I needed in the world? I yeah. just felt like I just wanted to love on people. And I, I knew my why. I yeah. knew my what I wanted to make people feel, but I didn't necessarily know how to how? do it. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I took a year off and I was uh, training. I was going to a separate ballet school other than my studio to just train and refine my technique. And I was teaching at the studio, making pennies. Yep. You could barely buy a sandwich, <laughs> a week, but making pennies. And then from there, I um, traveled to Los Angeles to just take classes. And I ended up meeting with an agency and I signed with an agent, but I was still living in Georgia so a couple weeks passed and they sent me an audition so I decided I wanted to fly out for this audition yeah. but my parents were paying for it which was fine but they weren't they we were we weren't crazy well off we made it by and yeah. we were good we had everything that we needed but they didn't have tons of money to just buy plane tickets randomly it, for me. back and forth um, across yeah, the country and so they bought a ticket I was going to go out to this audition and then they changed the dates of the audition. So the plane flight was already booked, but I would have got out there and the audition would have already been over. So I was like, oh, we have to change the ticket. Maybe I'm not supposed to go. Yep. I'm not sure. And they were just like, we can't afford to change the ticket. So I guess that we're just not going to be able to go. We apologize. Um, so I was pretty bummed about it. Yeah, and then my grandma ended up calling me a couple of days after and she was like, I don't know what it is, but I have this feeling that you're supposed to go. And she's like, I'd love to help you pay to change the ticket and so I was like are you sure that's a lot of pressure for an audition but if you're if that's what you want to do so she ended up changing the ticket for me I went out to LA with my dance teacher and I auditioned for a film and I made it to the last 30 dancers it was my first audition yeah. I had no idea what I was doing I booked the job and I had to move to LA for three to four months and so wow. I just packed up for good and I was like okay I guess I'm moving it wasn't like New York or Chicago or LA it was just kind of what happened to me yeah. and I was like okay I guess I'm moving to LA I was and so grandma nervous. knew the whole time she knew the whole time her gut knew that I needed to do this that's for incredible. some reason so that's what brought me to LA and then it just so happened they cast too many dancers and I was supposed to work for three to four months and I had one day of work oh, no. so I didn't have a job I didn't have a car I didn't know anybody and I was taking the metro back and forth to the edge taking four to five classes every single day and then I'd walk back to the bus and go home and it was a constant every single day um auditioned for about eight or nine months before I really booked anything and then from there I auditioned for So You Think and started to book that but even after I auditioned three times for the show and yep. after that I got on the show and then got off the show and auditioned for something and got cut so it was like it didn't mean anything <laughs> it was just a great opportunity but I still had to work really hard and I was back at square one so yeah. to me um, I've always been a student and I always will be a student and I'm really grateful for every opportunity, but again, I feel like those are just moments that kind of, if you, 
if you take it this way, it can help you to kind of figure out who you are as a woman and it introduces you to amazing people. But I honestly don't think the opportunities are ever about the opportunity itself. Yeah. It's about what's inside of it and the behind the scenes moment and you know, the struggles that you go through and the things that you learn about yourself. So it's been yeah. a beautiful but hard process. Yeah. yeah. So I can imagine when you are on the metro and you're doing four or five classes a day at the end, that's not cheap and living in Los yeah. Angeles is not cheap and you're trying to make ends meet and you're thinking, you know, eight, nine months without a job, what, how is, how is this even going to work? Tell us about how you kept going during those really tough days. I'm really grateful. I had incredible parents that really took care of me and were so supportive. My mom had dreams to be a dancer. She ended up having babies really young and went into nursing school, which she loved, but she didn't quite get to go everywhere she wanted to a dance. And then my dad was a semi-pro golfer and he loved loved it so much and he's done so many different things in his life but once he had kids he kind of took a different route when it came to his career so they both are dreamers and they know what it feels like to really want that so they were super supportive of me and my dreams although probably pretty nervous and scared Um, so for me they looked at it as okay go move to LA and we'll support you as if this is your college so we'll support you for you know a year two years and if nothing comes then you need to go to Starbucks and get a job and you need to figure it out but initially they were like we want to give you a buffer of time because if you were going to college we'd support you so right now we're just gonna let you do your thing as long as you're working hard obviously they didn't want me to go out and just kind of go party and whatever it wasn't that it was all hard work and so from there they paid I remember one of my biggest prayers was to be able to pay my bills and afford myself and within a year time I was doing that awesome and it was pretty incredible so um yeah within a year's time I was paying all of my bills and really you know, it was hard. I was living paycheck to paycheck, but it was definitely, I was able to make a living a little bit. And yeah. So I'm really grateful that that happened. That's awesome. Tell us about teachers that you've had along the way. Oh. Who, who, are, who are people that have inspired you? Who are people that you, you know, that immediately come to mind when I talk about inspiring teachers? Definitely. I've had some really incredible teachers that have kind of taken me under their wing along the way. And initially, I think back to my home studio in Georgia, and I was just talking to someone about this earlier, but my teacher, Megan Luquire, she only taught me for my high school years, but she had the greatest influence on my life when it came to storytelling. Um, She was someone that we would audition for all the pieces that we would do, and if she didn't think we were being honest, she wouldn't let us be in them. And I was someone who worked really, really hard, and I would drill a hole in the floor trying to get my triple pirouette, and I would not leave (laughs) until she kicked me out of the studio. And I was such a perfectionist physically, and I was pretty strong. You know, I had a lot of work to do, but for that age, I was pretty strong. I just, I emotionally didn't always allow myself to go there because I was in my head about my technique, and... So she was someone that reminded me constantly that it's about the why, mm-hmm. it's not about what you're doing. So she, in moments, we'd have auditions and she'd make us go in the corner in the dark and think about why we're dancing and then come back five minutes later, you know, until we really mean it. And yep. if no one, she didn't believe anyone, we just wouldn't do the piece, you know? That's or incredible. Or she would, if she watched so us intense. do a group number and she didn't think that we were really performing, she'd have us sit down and she would perform a solo for us. She'd perform the dance we were doing and knew all the steps and would 
show us the dance and yeah. perform it. And it was so inspiring to see her do that. Yeah. So she's someone that taught me how to have guts, how to fight, how to never let a little bit of fatigue or tired kind of weigh you down and know the importance of storytelling and how to make it real and make it not to not be afraid to share personal stories in your life through your movement yes uh so she's probably and you do that so well now so thank that's, you. that's yeah. such a beautiful she's full, one of the greatest circle. influences in my life like that and then from there i once i or i went to a separate ballet school when i was in uh high school and through those years it was called Augusta Ballet and they really helped me I was like the I was like the black sheep like I went in I was in tan tights a ponytail facing the wrong way crying before I went in because I didn't know any of the terminology I was just a mess and but I would go anyway until I was like I'm gonna be good at this eventually I'm gonna be great at this but in the beginning I was terrified to be because it was a strict ballet school so I would just go and be near all the ballerinas just like please don't call on me I don't know what I'm doing I don't want you to know yeah um and eventually it's gotten to the point where now I take ballet almost every single day as much as I can it's my absolute favorite thing yeah um so it just proves like when you really put the work into something it takes time to not feel awkward you know to not it's always vulnerable but eventually you'll get to a space where you've worked so hard that you feel proud of where you are and you know there's ways to go yes but you are proud of how hard you worked so that's cool as well and then once i moved out to la i had um Rea she was one of my ballet teachers she's um, unfortunately not with us anymore but she just kind of I met her at the edge and she brought me in under her wing and she had this pre-professional professional program and we would just go into the studio and there were about four to five of us and we would train during the week and she was so intense it was really hard but she would really look at me and help me personally and so she was probably one of my greatest mentors when it comes to ballet um, Doug Caldwell who's unfortunately not with us anymore. Um, He's also someone who taught me what it means to teach and what it means to go into a studio and to see someone's soul before their physical body and to be able to tap into the heart of a child and celebrate the beauty that we all have as humans. Um, he, He taught me how to move with my soul and I would say he's definitely one of my greatest mentors and teachers in that way. So inspirational, so motivational. Um, yeah, Stacy Tukey. Yep. Uh, she's one of my biggest mentors, one of my best friends. And to this day, she's probably been one of the most consistent teachers in my life. And I look up to her so much when it comes to the space in which she holds her heart. Um, she's incredibly talented and has been in the spotlight for a while for it, but she isn't affected and she knows what's important to her and she knows why she loves it and she, what she wants to say. And so although the spotlight is on her, it, she's not phased. She's still the same woman she has always been, if not becoming more beautiful because awesome. she knows that her voice is important. Yeah. Um, so I think I would say that Stacey Tukey to this day is one of my greatest mentors and teachers. I love it. You've come so far since those days on the Metro and just <laughs> taking class. Tell us, do you have a particular performance that stands out as something that was your favorite? Uh, 
out of the eight years. Yes. <laughs> Shoot. Just one. Just pick one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hard, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really, really difficult. I have to say one of my favorite dance partners is Robert Roldan. Um, we call each other soul partner, and it's really awesome because in season seven of the show, I was an all-star and he was a contestant. And you weren't supposed to be able to dance with the contestants more than a couple times, but for some reason we were always partners. Yeah. So we became really good friends, and I have never met someone who just, it's like our bodies listen to each other, and we just know what we're going to do before we do it. So wow. I have to say that I've been dancing with him for six, seven years now, and I think we've done a lot of performances together, but I think as a whole being his partner and seeing how your body just attaches to someone and connects to someone through years of time yeah. it is mesmerizing it's it, I'm in completely in awe of how our bodies can talk to each other and you're physically not even saying anything like your souls are just connecting through movement so yeah. he's probably one of my favorite partners as well as Teddy Forrest is one of my favorite male dancers so I got to dance with him a little bit um, as well uh, so that was probably one of my favorite partners to dance with but when it comes to a specific performance um, I really to be honest I think my favorite performances are the ones that aren't really televised and they're not ones that you can really get credit for um, Stacy Tukey and her company uh, and myself, we went to Perry Mansfield. It was this little camp um, in the States and we were out in the middle of the woods. There were horses. We were in this barn with just like glass windows everywhere. There's a little pond. We were just in nature. No one is around. There's bears everywhere. Like it was really cool. Um, so we're in this space, no mirrors. And she created a new work. She created like half of a new show. So wow. we had like 30 minutes, 45 minutes of a show. And we were there to mentor the college students that were coming to camp as well as have a residency yes. to do choreography. Oh, and what an opportunity. It was one of the most fulfilling things because she even came in feeling so free because she was like, there's no pressure to have anything. Yeah. We just get to create. And then whatever we create, wherever it is, we're going to show them. Yeah. show the kids and so I remember walking off that stage we went into a little barn it was a crickety little barn and we performed on the stage it was hot you know we're in this barn and we performed for the kids and it was one of my favorite performances ever I remember being on that stage laughing and crying and it was a roller coaster ride of emotions and I felt it felt like time stood still and yeah. That's probably one of my favorite performances, and Stacy would probably laugh at me because it was so <laughs> random. But to me, it's moments like that that you're completely lost in the moment and you forget about everything else. And I think that sometimes when you're on television, it's really difficult because you have that one moment and you want to make it perfect. Yes. And I've had many moments on TV that I've surrendered and I felt completely free, but I've also had an equal amount of moments that it's felt like a lot of pressure. And on the outside, it would look really free, but inside, I actually wasn't. Yeah. Um, and coming so, from yeah. that background that you talked about of feeling so insecure as a young yeah. child and not wanting to be in the spotlight and then suddenly being on national television or international television yeah. and being in a generation where your every move is captured. 
we can go on YouTube and watch you dance at any time. That's really that's a really awesome journey that you've gone on. So if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on social media. So honestly, I never check my Facebook, but if you go, I have one. So Catherine McCormick on Facebook. Um, there's a couple of them. So the one that's me, it has like flowers in the background, and it's like me with a scarf behind the camera, like doing an interview. So that's like good to know. Um, then on Instagram, I'm Catherine R McCormick. And on Twitter, I'm Catherine RMCC. And I have a Snapchat, but I literally got it and told everyone I got it, and I never looked at it again. <laughs> so that's probably not going to happen. Um, yeah, so those are probably my, my ways. That is awesome. I really hope you yeah. enjoy the rest of the Victorian Dance Festival, Thank and so I really much. hope that you get to come back another time because you. you've seen some beautiful parts of Australia, but there's so much more to see. So, so much more. To next time, you can go on another adventure. Thank you for sitting on the chair and sharing a mandarin yeah, with me. Yeah, cheers. For Ask a Dancer. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Ask a Dancer is a podcast we release episodes as soon as we can and we've got lots from the Victorian Dance Festival to share with you if you love the podcast please subscribe to it on iTunes and leave us a rating or review it's been so much fun to be broadcasting live from the Victorian Dance Festival it's a festival that really everybody should get to and we are definitely here again next year thank you so much for listening to Ask a Dancer and we'll talk to you soon thanks for listening to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan get in touch with us at wpmpa.co or at Dance Q&A on Twitter